Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. What up? (laughs) What's going on today? Welcome to the FIGHT podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we have a great show for you today. Before I go ahead and dive into it, fight news as well as all the fight breakdowns of the week remember the fight podcast is brought to you each and every week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 20 percent off your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente support the show by checking me out on the website the Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. The Fire Podcast is currently on iTunes and SoundCloud. Listen today. All right. Welcome to the show. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning here in Chicago. It's cold. I'm, I'm saying it's beautiful, but we haven't seen the sun in a couple weeks. <laughs> it's that uh, winter time. It's just gray all day, every day. But, yo... As cold as it is outside and as snowy as it is, all the fights and all the fight news is keeping me warm and toasty because we have some fire uh, coming out this week. Bellator has two cards this weekend. The UFC has two cards this weekend. And boxing has possibly its most important heavyweight fight in over a decade. So, man... I'm super excited, uh, but I mean, honestly, just this, this is, um, <laughs> as I jump into it, man, this week has been incredible. There has been so much, and I'm sorry if I'm coughing a little bit, man, I'm, with the weather changing and everything here in Chicago, man, it's almost impossible to not uh, catch a cold of some sort. I'm sitting here drinking some tea with my, um, with one of these uh, mushroom-like brain buster things i don't know four sigmatic it's amazing it always helps me focus but between that some vitamin c and some tea i'm trying to get back right so i can keep pumping these out um fight news there's been so much crazy news this week and i don't need to talk about myself anymore i'm decent it's been a great week I'm still doing my thing training. Make make sure you uh, pay attention to um, and sign up with Sage Eats today. But let's go ahead and jump on into the fight news. There has been so much going on this week. And I'm going to go ahead and start off with the UFC. This week, out of nowhere, I, I think myself and a lot of other people were extremely surprised to find out that the UFC is currently parting ways with Super Sage Northcutt. Super Sage Northcutt is one of their 
most highly touted prospects, but he looks the part. He isn't the greatest talent out there in terms of record, but I mean, let's be honest, Sage has shown some chinks in his armor, but it seems like the reason that the UFC let him go wasn't because of skill set. In fact, it actually seemed like they wanted to re-sign him, but it seems like Sage wanted more money. And you know how I feel about that. Yo, get your money. I understand that the UFC was not willing to pay for it. There are other organizations out there, and that is one of the reasons why I felt, for instance, with free agency and the the rise of one championship with uh, Bellator, with PFL, with Ryzen, we have so many solid, high-caliber MMA organizations at the point in time right now that... Yo, the UFC really has to come with it if they intend to keep any of their athletes. So um, this is what Ariel Hawani actually reported this week on his show when talking about uh, Super Sage Northcutt. That he really liked took that back to the UFC because they had the right to match that offer and they just couldn't. But the UFC was certainly interested in keeping Sage Northcutt around, they told me. In fact, very recently, less than two weeks ago, they offered him a main event shot against a top 10 contender. That's how serious they were about keeping him around. At that point, Sage Northcutt had already set his sights on moving on. He is very close to signing a new deal with a new promotion, fighting elsewhere. His team wouldn't tell me where exactly that fight promotion is situated, who they are. They wouldn't say that right now, but they did say that that news should come out in the very near future. So yes, it is true that Super Sage Northcutt is moving on. Yes, it is true that he will not be fighting in the UFC anymore however the narrative that the ufc released him or didn't want to be in business with him not a hundred percent accurate according to sources close to sage northcutt so look in looking at that and actually this is what dana white had to say about the entire situation and i quote sage is young and sage needs some work let him get some work in, other, some, in some other organizations, and we will see where this kid ends up in a couple of years. And let's be honest, if Sage, who is extremely talented, who is, as we know, dude is marketable, man, he's built like an action figure. So when you have somebody like that, and he's super nice, he's really, really marketable, we will see within the next few years if... The UFC brings him back around or we'll see if in the next couple of years, whatever organization Sage is in has surpassed the UFC by that point in time. So there's a lot going on and um, I can't lie, man. I'm really, really, really interested to see what's going to go happen. Um, staying with the UFC, Mark Hunt, who is fighting in this weekend's card in Australia. He went ahead and actually this he said that this is going to be his last fight with the UFC. Not only is it this, this his last fight with the UFC, yo, buddy still has a lawsuit out against the UFC because of all the steroid people that have pretty much fought against him. Primarily when in UFC 200, he went ahead and fought against Brock Lesnar. And we know Brock Lesnar was juiced to the gills. He was on so much steroids and PEDs that... Yo, the UFC didn't care. Nobody cared except for Mark Hunt. So Mark Hunt got beat up in a fight that pretty much the other guy was cheating in. So he's been suing the UFC and the UFC hasn't done him any favors ever since then. So I'm curious to see what ends up happening with that. Mark Hunt said about, about the situation this. I don't know much about him in terms of his um, opponent. 
uh, Justin Willis. And we will talk more about this fight in, the, in uh, really soon uh, later on the show. He said, I don't know much about him. I know he comes from a great camp, but you know me. It could have been King Kong. I don't give a damn when I'm in there. So obviously Mark Hunt is still going out there to be Mark Hunt um, and do do work. But Mark Hunt has also admitted that, yes, this is his last fight in uh, with the UFC, but not his last fight in MMA. He still has a lot of fight left, man, even though he's 41 years old. Where would I like to see him? I would love to see him with one i would love to especially with one and they they offer kickboxing being able to see mark hunt kickbox again and we forget former uh k1 grand prix champ mark hunt back in the day so watching him and have the opportunity to go ahead and actually kickbox i would love that so i would love to see him go to uh one and it's also closer to his home a lot of times they uh have a lot of their shows in Singapore and Asia, that's way closer um, than Australia is to a lot of the fights that he's been doing. So curious to see what's going to end up happening with that. Uh, moving right along. And again, man, so much is going on. And again, staying with the UFC. Just because, yo, man, they, they got all kinds of stuff cracking. John Jones has been back in the news talking trash. But honestly, one of the, the thing that I found to be super entertaining more than anything else was this beef between Oscar De La Hoya and Dana White. So I was really critical on the last show about Oscar De La Hoya and how, in my opinion, Buddy was 100% the loser of the weekend. He did an awful job of promoting this, his first Golden Boy MMA event. He put a terrible uh, matchup in the... Um, in the the, uh, the the main event with Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, and he didn't even know who else was on the card. Let's be honest, man. How is it possible that you're going to go out there and not know who's fighting on a card that you're promoting and you're paying? So 100%, man, you know how I feel about Oscar De Hoya. I think he's incredible when it comes to boxing and boxing promotion. Look what he's done with Canelo Alvarez. He's spearheaded that deal with DAZN, and he was able to go ahead and get his guy so much money. And you know he got broke off for that as well. But when it comes to MMA, a sport that he's been critical of for years, Dana White, somebody that he has also been critical of for years, the moment anybody went ahead and actually criticized Oscar, Oscar goes ahead and bites backs. So when Oscar De La Hoya criticized for the UFC um, overfighter pay, he, 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 you know, he's always been talking about how the UFC doesn't pay people. Dana White goes out. And he's been calling him. He said, Oscar De La Hoya, the weirdo. Oscar De La Dummy. And now a publicist for Oscar De La Hoya has said this. Dana is so small and threatened by our success with the zone. And now in MMA, that is bringing up news from a decade ago to try to stay relevant. Boxing has entirely rejected him. And MMA fighters are now realizing that they don't have to risk their lives just so they can get rich. Golden Boy and I are moving forward and bigger than ever. Dana should shut the F up and try to figure out how to save his own company. So I want to point out a couple of things that are just blatant fallacies. The UFC is fine. As much as I'm critical of the UFC and I'm critical of the UFC because I am a fan of the sport. They're the biggest organization. And a lot of times they do have the best crop of fighters, right? But they just signed a huge deal with ESPN. 
ESPN here in the States, hey, that's the number one leader in sports. Now that they're going to be on their digital streaming platform, ESPN Plus, yo, the UFC is fine. But for Oscar De La Hoya to get butthurt and sit there and try to bring up nonsense um, about uh, your boy, <laughs> uh Dana White it is ridiculous. And for him to sit back and actually say something along the lines of Dana White's trying to stay relevant. And that also Golden Boy is moving, doing bigger and better things, maybe in boxing. But if we're talking about MMA, yo, y'all need to give it up. That was terrible. One of the worst events I've seen. I didn't even care. And I'm and I'm so deep in the MMA and combat sports. The fact that I was looking at all the matchups, I was like, Glayson T-Bow versus Efren Escudero. That is not an entertaining fight in the grand scheme of things. And we didn't even advertise that. So, look, Oscar De La Hoya needs to give it up. Um, I think it's uh, pretty ridiculous. All right, so... Some of the main news of the weekend, which I cannot lie to you, I was so excited about. Well, let me let me rephrase that. I was torn. UFC has just announced Israel Adesanya, the style bender, is going to go ahead and fight in February against arguably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Anderson the Spider Silva. Now, a lot of us might have heard about this in the in the you know the near future, like I said, not too recently. But yo, this is exciting, man. This is an opportunity to see, and this is something that the UFC has always done. You take one of the old grizzled vets and you put them against a young lion. That's how, one, you preserve your, your young lions. People wanted Israel Adesanya to go ahead and fight Bohachina or, you know, or Paulo Costa or any of those young and up-and-coming fighters. Give him time. He's young. Give, give Paulo Costa time. L- build these guys up as superstars and then have them fight. Let them beat up everybody else. Let them beat up everybody who is slightly past their prime. And that is how you create new stars. That is what the UFC is hoping to do with this event. So Israel Adesanya said this um, on MMA fighting when he's talking about fighting against um, Anderson Silva. He said, UFC 90 was the first time I watched this guy fight live. Before that, I was watching DVDs of him effing, effing murking dudes. This is like LeBron James getting to face Michael Jordan. 100%, bro. 100%. This is exactly like that. Being able to see two guys who, I don't want to say, they're, they are extremely different strikers, but they're both long, they're rangy, they have knockout power with both hands, both feet. They're very, very, very technical with their stand-up. Um, I will 100% break this fight down the closer it gets. But I'm going to tell you guys right now, Stylebender pieces him up and gets him out of there probably within the first two rounds. Now, give me some time. I'll think about it. Anderson Silva has not competed in a while. His last matchup was a year and a half ago, and that was against Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson has stayed active. His last fight, he fought Israel Adesanya, and he got dealt with. But he got knocked out in the first round. 
What do I believe is going to happen to Anderson Silva? I think Anderson Silva, who is 40 plus at this point in time, who isn't going to have the opportunity to be on any type of PEDs, I think he gets beat up. I think it's going to be a bad one. But um, all in all, it should be an entertaining fight. Both Anderson Silva and Israel Adesanya believe that they will receive a title shot if they win. I don't buy that. I think if Stylebender wins, yes, 100%. If Anderson Silva wins, they're going to give him Yoel Romero or somebody who would just absolutely just walk through him. So I'm interested to see um, what's going to continue happening uh, with that in the very near future. All right, moving on. This is something that I found to be extremely interesting, man. And um, get, getting off of the UFC for a little bit, Bellator is making moves, man. They're making moves. I love this. Bellator and Ryzen. They've done this in the past, but Bellator and Ryzen on their New Year's Eve show, show um, in Japan, Bellator Bantamweight champion Darian Codwell fights Kiryoji Haraguchi for their inaugural Ryzen Bantamweight Championship. I cannot wait for this. This should be so exciting. So for those of us who don't know, Horiguchi used to fight at 125 pounds for the, U or for the UFC, was a title challenger, took Demetrius Johnson, who in my opinion was the number one and is still probably the best pound for pound all around fighter in the world. Horiguchi took him to the fifth round before he ended up getting finished with one second left of the fifth round via armbar. Since then, he has gone to Ryzen and 100% just destroyed everybody. Knockout power, great judo, and dude is a beast, absolute beast. But on the other foot, Darian Caldwell, who's the 135 and 145 pound champion for Bellator, is a monster in his own right. Great off the ground, um, really explosive with his submission attempts, and is finally starting to get some power in his stand-up. Caldwell 100% should be the bigger man, but I will say I believe Horiguchi is going to be the more skilled guy. Who do I think is going to win? I'm leaning towards Horiguchi at this point in time, but once that fight gets closer, man, I will go ahead and break that down. Nah. All right, and in the last little bit of news, I think most of us have heard this by now, but Ben Askren will finally make his UFC appearance um, early next year against Robbie Lawler, the former 170-pound champ. This is a great matchup. I would have rather watched Ben Askren fight somebody like a Colby Covington first. But look, man, Robbie Lawler has a name. He is somebody, and I think the UFC played this right. He has a name. Robbie Lawler is somebody who is a former champion. And if Ben Askren coming in is able to stifle Robbie Lawler and, you know, defeat him, he'll be off and running. And on the other foot, if Robbie Lawler starches this dude and he starches Ben Askren, well, then Robbie Lawler is back in the fold because he's been quiet for the last about year and a half. So 
really interested to see what's going to happen with that. Um, but all in all, man, it has been, as you see, a crazy week of fight news. There's so much more coming out. And actually, later on this week, I will probably have a little bit more news because you know how so much stuff continues coming out. So that is this week's fight news of episode 56. All right, man. So I could not wait to get into this. I've been sitting here with like three computers open, my tablet, a cell phone, everything open because I want to make sure I'm giving you guys all the stats and everything possible because this upcoming weekend, yo, so many great fights. We have so many Bellator with two events, UFC with two events, and obviously where I'm going to start this weekend, the biggest heavyweight title fight in over a decade, Deontay, the bronze bomber with a record of 40-0 against the 27-0 Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is the former lineal heavyweight champion who has never been defeated. The only reason that he is no longer the lineal heavyweight champ after he beat Vitaly Klitschko after 10 years of being undefeated and defending his belt, Tyson Fury was able to go in there and defeat him. Since then, I've talked about it a lot. A lot of people talked about it, but Tyson Fury had, had took two and a half years off. He ended up getting into drugs. He had mental disabilities. He blew up to 400 pounds and he has worked his way back to becoming a championship caliber fighter. He has not, but more importantly, he has gotten himself Someone who had, you know, I mean, this story is incredible, man. Without any help, this dude literally white knuckled it and got himself back on the straight and narrow. He got himself out of his depression. This man was so depressed and he talks about it consistently and he talks about the benefits of mental health. And I'm gonna be very honest with you guys. Somebody who actually goes to therapy himself, which I love, I've been doing it for the last year or so. And honestly, even for myself, therapy helped me decide to go ahead and actually start this show so that I could express myself. And I'm able to go ahead and talk. So the fact that you have a heavyweight champion um, of the world, being able to sit there and actually talk about the importance of mental health and, and getting yourself checked out and utilizing that muscle just as much as your body, I'm 100% behind. Um, he's an entertaining fighter. Great movement, especially for a giant of a man. He's 6'9", over 260 pounds, throws combinations, possibly, the, in my opinion, he's the second most skilled heavyweight in the world. The second most skilled heavyweight. The first most I still would say might be Luis Ortiz. But I digress. Buddy is an absolute beast. Now, let's go to the other side of the pond. Over here. Deontay, the bronze bomber, Wilder. Who, in my opinion, is my favorite heavyweight in the world. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm super biased on this fight. But I'm biased, and I'll be biased with my picks. But it's going to have actual stats and reasons. I'm not going to let you guys out there bogus. 
I'll let you know. I'll actually be seriously about it. And I'll say, look, I, this is why I believe this is going to win. Yes, I am a huge fan of uh, Wilder, but I'm also a huge fan of Tyson Fury. Buddy's incredibly entertaining. In fact, just listen to this dude talk about Freddie Roach, who will actually be in his corner this fight. Say they've had good camps, but I can hand on our right hand to God say I've had a very good camp. Very, 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 very good. I think I'll just keep talking for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> Nonsense, just to make everyone keep listening. So, how's Freddie? Big shout out, Freddie Roach. <laughs> Way! Big shout out, Paris, and Shane well, and the boys, well, Justin. Jason, how about Frank, it? how are you, mate? Marvellous. Marvellous. You're looking dapper, son. Don't look bad yourself. Though. Cheers, buddy. Tyson, how about having Freddie Roach in your corner? Fantastic um, part of the team. Freddie is a great guy. He's helped us out a lot in the gym. I want to say thank you for letting us use your gym, Freddie. Appreciate it. And I'm glad he's a part of my team. Fantastic person. I know a lot of fighters. So, like I said, man, dude is incredibly entertaining. And I have to give both fighters a lot of credit right now. The reason I have to give both credits credit because Showtime has been promoting the shit out of this fight. They really have. You see them everywhere, man. You see them. They've done the cycle at ESPN, sitting directly across from each other. They've done all of the radio shows. They've done all the podcasts. They've done so much commercials, press conferences, everything. And honestly, man, these guys have been very, very, very cordial with one another. They have super cordial with one another. But yesterday, in the media, uh, the media press conference leading to the fight this weekend, yo, man, there was some, there was a little bit of shoving, a little bit of, you know, little extracurriculars. And here's just a little sound of what they were saying. And I'll break down actually what they were saying in a moment. That's Esther Lynn from MMAfighting.com yelling in the background. <laughs> so, look, that was a little brouhaha. They were going back and forth. But one thing that he said, because one thing that Tyson Fury has been saying a lot, he's been talking a lot about his his people he's talking about being a gypsy in um the united kingdom he says that they have been fighting for their rights for the last 200 years <laughs> deontay wilder responded well you what do you what does that mean that i'm not a fighter my people have been fighting for 400 years i have to say this and i'm going to you know what i'm going to let you guys listen to an exchange that Deontay Wilder had with a press member, a media member after that very press conference. So I'm going to let you listen to this and then I'm going to give you my realistic opinion on this. And well, how I feel about Deontay Wilder before I'm going to break down the fight. Don't worry. I'll still do that. <laughs> People have been fighting for 400 years. And your people too. So I just want you to explain what you mean too. by that. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all all know what I'm talking about, man. Don't sit up here and try to bait and not know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what the fuck I talk about when I say these things. Your people too. 
Explain it. I, I, not everybody knows what you're talking understood. about. Radio Raheem, I don't have to explain what's understood, man. You know what I mean by that. You know what I say about it. I ain't got to go farther. And if nobody, if anybody don't understand that, then God be with them. Go look up the history. Go look up the history. Shit, ain't, don't everybody believe in Google? Go Google that shit. See what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, man. You know what I dare you to sit up there and say, explain. You know what I'm talking about, man. He's fighting people. You know we've been fighting 400 and still fighting to this day. To this day. To this day. You said that. So the question was asked by boxing journalist Radio Raheem. Radio Raheem asked, who is a black man, asked Deontay Wilder, you know, what does he mean about the 400 years comment? It was a dumb question, man. And I will say this about Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is the heavyweight champion that we deserve. That we deserve. All right. The reason he's the heavyweight champion that we deserve. He's exciting. He's electrifying, man. 40 and no 39 knockouts. Everybody who has stepped in the ring with him, he has knocked out cold. He sells the fights. He talks the part. He goes back out there and backs it up. Does, does he have the most technical style of boxing? He doesn't, but it doesn't matter because his style is effective. But also the fact that you have a black heavyweight champion talking about the human rights of individuals and human rights of black Americans. This is the first time any of this has happened since Muhammad Ali. Realistically, this day and age, it's with the climate that our country is currently in. Seriously, to have somebody who is willing to stand up and put themselves in a vulnerable position is incredible. And we're seeing this a lot with superstars like LeBron James, like Colin Kaepernick. We're starting to see more of that, which I think is a beautiful thing. Because the more individuals go ahead and they actually question the status quo is when we actually get certain things done. So for me, 100%, Deontay Wilder is the champion that we deserve. And wholeheartedly, I want him to win this fight. Before I get into the breakdown, let's take two seconds and uh, remember... The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. We are currently on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe, listen, rate, share today. All right. So this fight, 
and looking at it, it's going to take place this Saturday. It's at the Staples Centers in Los Angeles, California. Staples Center is slowly becoming a really big hotbed for boxing. Between the Staples Center, the Forum in LA, and honestly, the Barclays Center, those are three arenas and venues that are really attracting boxing uh showtime is wrecking shop right now with both um locations and that being the um uh the staples center as well as um the the brooklyn uh, brooklyn as well so here are the odds and i want to pull this up it's it's almost a pick em fight man not even almost it is uh wilder is the the betting favorite uh, minus 175 favorite Fury is a plus 45 uh, so what that means 175 bucks you drop um, on Wilder if he wins he get you get $100 for Fury you drop 100 bucks you get 145 bucks so if you're going to bet on something or a dog on this fight yeah go ahead and bet on um, Fury but the smart play will be to go ahead and actually bet on um, a, the round that Wilder will finish it. That will be an actually smart way to parlay and actually go ahead and have a uh, pick around. So how do I feel about this matchup? The X's and O's wise, right? I talked a little bit about Tyson Fury. I, I truly believe he is one of the most skilled heavyweight cha- champions that I've ever seen especially for somebody who's that big most times when you see somebody who's that big especially with like a little bit of a belly or something like that they don't tend to have good feet but Tyson Fury does he also has that championship medal not only did he beat Klitschko and this is one thing I will say if you look at the the difference okay between Klitschko and uh, Deontay Wilder. I can compare him to an extent because Vitaly Klitschko is a jab first right hand fighter, just like Deontay Wilder. That is how they win fights. Tyson Fury was able to stifle what uh, Klitschko was doing with his movement, with his head movement. He was able to go ahead and pretty much make it a boring fight and win on points and rounds. He could absolutely do the exact same thing to Wilder. But this is where I believe he's going to get caught. So all it takes, we have to remember this, man. All it takes for Wilder to put you down is to land one. Luis Ortiz is winning that fight. He got blasted one time and the fight's done. Tyson Fury doesn't have the opportunity to change momentum in a fight that quickly like Wilder does. As great movement, footwork, as well as head movement that Tyson Fury has, he tends to carry his hands really low, super low. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you are not moving your hands and keeping your hands in place You are giving Deontay Wilder too much room. This is where I think his mistake is going to be. I can easily see this fight after we're watching the first few rounds. We can literally sit back and say, yo, man, I think Tyson Fury might be running away with this fight. Really, I I can see people saying that. But I'm telling you, within the first 10 rounds, 
Deontay Wilder would make contact and he's going to finish Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury has never been finished before in his career, but he has been dropped. And the shot that he was dropped by was a quote-unquote wild punch. Something that you do not anticipate. This is why I think it's such a big deal. People say that Wilder is not a technically sound boxer. Whatever. He might not be a technically sound boxer, but he's a technically sound fighter. He throws straight jabs, probably the best jab in heavyweight, current heavyweight division, one of the best jabs in heavyweight history. And he throws one of the most sharp right hands that you will ever see right down the pipe. And he throws a beautiful one too. Once he has his opponents hurt is when you see him open up and start throwing those wild punches because at the end of the day, man, my man's a showman. And that's what you want. You want somebody who's a showman, who's going to be out there, you know, entertaining the crowd, putting himself in vulnerable positions. That's why he's a champion we deserve. So I believe he's a uh, thoroughly go out there. I see him winning this fight and I see him defeating Tyson Fury via, I'm going to say ninth round KO. All right. So, hey. I know a lot of people think that um, Fury has a lot, and I think Fury is great. I think Fury's skill set, if somebody, for instance, Anthony Joshua, his style of boxing, he's a traditional boxer. Tyson Fury runs circles around traditional boxers. But when somebody who can actually fight and has the explosiveness and they can actually move, I I don't see him faring well with that. And I'm going to be very honest with you. The last two fights, his quote-unquote warm-up matches, did not show me anything. He looked awful. And from what I saw in his last outing a couple months ago to now, three months later, I don't see him doing enough that he is going to be in good enough shape or he's going to be able to withstand anything that Wilder uh, throws at him. So I'm going to be interested to see. I can't wait. This is going to be on Showtime pay-per-view this upcoming Saturday, man. We do not want to miss that. Moving right along. The UFC has two fight cards this weekend. We're going to go hit UFC, then I'll go ahead and actually, uh, actually, I'll do it like this. I'll hit Friday events, and I'm going to go ahead and do Saturday when it comes to MMA. This Friday... The UFC has their UFC Tough 28 finale. So I don't know if any of us have paid attention to Tough this year. Everyone believed that the Ultimate Fighter was pretty much going to dissolve. Dana White pretty much said that. He said that, look, we have the, the Contender Series now. We don't need that. Just like in true Dana White form, they lied. They're getting better ratings. And honestly, from what I've seen, I've only watched a couple episodes. Yo, this is a really solid season with the heavyweights. But what I want to talk about, I want to talk about the main event for this event. This is going to be huge. And there are a couple other really big cards. I mean, you have Pedro Munoz fighting Brian Caraway at 135 pounds, which should be incredible. Um, but the fight that I want to really get into is main event, Rafael Dos Anjos, former 155 pound lightweight champion in the UFC, 
former title challenger, interim title challenger that is at 170 pounds. He unfortunately lost his last uh, contest against Colby Chaos Covington, and he is going right back in there against another dynamic wrestler in Kamaro the Nightmare Usman. Kamaro Usman is 13 and one. Uh, Rafael dos Anjos is 28 and 10. So, how do I see this fight breaking down? Rafael dos Anjos is one of the most skilled and best conditioned MMA fighters that you're gonna find. He trains with Ruka Training Center out there in um, in California. He is a Marv Marinovich disciple in the terms of the way he can, he trains with his uh, his, his, his uh, conditioning and his strength conditioning. And he's just a dog. Black belt um, in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Incredible striker. He can put people out. He can submit them. He is dangerous everywhere. But he struggles with physical grapplers, big, strong wrestlers. Khabib Nurmagomedov, the uh, the current 155-pound champ, ragdolled him before we knew who Khabib was. Colby Covington, who, in my opinion, is not that skilled aside from actually his wrestling. You know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm not going to hate on Colby. Colby is extremely skilled, and he's tough. Great wrestling, and he has adequate enough stand-up to continue getting into his wrestling. And he's beat Damian Maya. He's beaten Rafael Dos Anjos, and he has earned his title shot against Tyron Woodley. But he's going in here, and Rafael um, Dos Anjos is going to go ahead and fight about Kamaro Usman. Kamaro Usman, Dana White has actually said he is the most ducked fighter in the UFC. The Nigerian nightmare is a beast. All American in wrestling. Heavy hands. He is essentially a bigger, more physical, more athletic Colby Covington. So how do I see this fight going? I see it going just like the Colby Covington fight. I actually can see Kamara Usman eventually finishing this fight. Kamara Usman is going to stay on top of uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, he's going to stay in his chest. He's going to take him down. He's going to beat him up from there. I see uh, Kamar Usman going ahead and getting a W in this fight. Doesn't take anything away from Rafael Dos Anjos. And I'm going to be honest with you. Kamar Usman has been shown that he can get tired from time to time. If he gets tired in the second round, he needs to watch out because Rafael Dos Anjos will not slow down. So I cannot wait for that fight, man. Um, in terms of Bellator, Bellator's Friday night event is going to be headlined by Chitty Ninkajuwani, a great striker, spends a lot of time here in Chicago against Brian Salter. Um, two solid, solid competitors, um, at 170 pounds. I'm sorry, John Salter. Um, so the main event, Chitty Ninkajuwani, um, long rangy he's 63 fighting at 185 pounds his brother fights for lion um kickboxing lion muay thai both of these guys have incredible striking chitty took a loss not so long ago but if he didn't take that loss he could honestly be in the mix with that welterweight Grand Prix tournament as well. But he's bumped up in weight, and now he's going to head and fight in John Salter. John Salter's a bad dude in his own right. 15-4. and four. Uh, He's 6-1. and one, Super, super um, 
Uh, he's super aggressive. I 100% see Chitty and um winning this fight. I think his striking is going to be too much. And I think that he has incredible takedown D. He's somebody that's a, just so difficult to go ahead and take down. All right, uh, David the Caveman Rickles is also about to compete. Um, David uh, Rickles the Caveman, solid competitor, um, tough dude. It should be a fun fight. Um, and one of my personal favorites, um, the former champion, King of the Cage champion, Juan Archuleta. Juan Archuleta is 19-1. If you guys have not watched Juan Archuleta, you need to. This dude is exciting he trains with tj dillashaw one of his main training partners and from what i understand man he gives all those guys trouble he's explosive he's strong he has knockout power and he can grapple with the best of them and again iron sharpens iron he competes against tj dillashaw and aaron pico on a daily basis as well as aj mckee he trains against all gets all these guys all these top prospects, all these champions, day in and day out. Juan Archuleta beats the brace off of Jeremy Spoon. I'm actually going to say by a second round stoppage. Um, this should be a, a great card. It should be a lot of fun. All right, Saturday. Saturday, we're jumping back to the UFC. The UFC has a card that, I'm be honest with you, I cannot wait for. This card is Stacked. And honestly, it's one of the better cards that they've had. Even though they've had a lot of good cards, this card is incredible. So, this card is going to be in the Adelaide Entertainment Center in Australia. It is going to be against Junior Dos Santos, the former two time or the former heavyweight champion, the current number seven heavyweight champ with a record of 19 and 5, is going to fa face the undefeated up-and-coming prospect, fresh off of his win against the legend Andre Arlovsky, Tai Tuovasa. Tai Tuovasa is 8-0 with seven first-round KOs. That fight is going to be incredible. I think this is a perfect fight and a perfect time for both men. The reason I say that is this. Junior Santos has had his time off. He's come back and he looks strong. He still looks like he's physically there. He is big. He's athletic. And you can never take away a heavyweight's knockout power. He has that knockout power. He has those combinations that he can throw. Dude is an absolute monster. So watching him compete is going to be really, really fun. But with all that being said, Tai Tuovasa is young. He's young. He trains with animals down there in New Zealand. And I'm telling you, all these guys out there from that part of the world, man, think about it. Israel Adesanya, Dan Hooker, Tai Tuovasa, Tyson Pedro. That's just to name a few. Mark Hunt, the legend. All of these guys are just blowing up, man. MMA from that part of the world is here and they're dangerous. I have to say, I believe Tai Tuivasa showed me a lot in this fight against Andre Arlovsky. You can sit there and say, yo, Serge, Andre Arlovsky's old as dirt. Who cares? Well, look, I can say the exact same thing about Junior Dos Santos. But one thing, again, we have to remember about heavyweights is that they're always there. Doesn't matter how old they get. The heavyweight champion of the world is currently 40 years old. 
He's 39. He's about to be 40 in March. That's Daniel Cormier. So think about that. And here's the thing. If Ty Tuivasa gets past Junior Dos Santos, the world is his oyster, essentially. I would love to see him fight Stipe Miocic in the future. <sighs> Yo, could you imagine the striking of that matchup? Ty Tuivasa is hard to get down. Great leg kicks. Most heavyweights don't throw that many the leg kicks. Tai Tuivasa does. I see Tai Tuivasa getting them out of there. First round KO against Jaron Santo. Should be a great fight in the main event. Co-main. Man, the legend in light heavyweight, Mauricio Shogun Hua. 25 wins, 11 losses. His last fight was against the, um, the young assassin in Anthony Smith. Yo, the UFC's not doing this dude any favors. They gave him one prospect who's proven to be one of the upper echelon, and now they're about to give him another one. Tyson Pedro with a record of 7-2, and two, and in my opinion, probably she, he lost his last fight. He didn't have to lose. Excuse me. I'm going to be honest with you. This should be an easy win for Tyson Pedro. He's a much bigger man taller he's rangier he uses great front kicks to the body and personally i think this is about it shogun Hua has nothing to hang his hat on he got touched up his last fight by anthony smith and i see the exact same thing going down here i see um tyson pedro anti tuovasa the shoey brothers out there and if you guys don't know what a shoey is it's absolutely disgusting <laughs> it's what these guys do they go ahead and spit in somebody's shoe that they are wearing all day they pour a beer in it and then they just take the beer to the head totally disgusting this is not my thing but daniel cormier did it on tv yesterday with those guys um what's it called uh brendan Shaw did it with him when he was in the studio a couple months ago not my bag yo tyson pedro taito vasi my boys I ain't you guys. I ain't drinking your spit. I'm cool off of that. <laughs> All right. Um, the next fight that I want to go ahead and talk to in this event is going to be Mark, the legend hunt with one of the saltiest records you'll ever see in MMA. This dude's record is 13 and 13. And yes, he's a legend in the sport, but we forget how great he was in K1 and kickboxing prior to that. And people love Mark Hunt because of his heart and his resolve. Like I talked about earlier in the, uh, the, the, the episode, he is in there honestly fighting against the UFC himself. He's in a current lawsuit with them and they haven't done him any favors, but this should be his last fight with the UFC and he is fighting um, Justin Willis. Justin Willis is a heavy handed athletic former football player who is a joy to watch, but not as technically sound. And not only is he not technically sound, he gasses out and bad. I see Mark Hunt walking through Justin Willis's early shots, getting a walk away, um, not KO for the last uh, win in his UFC career. I cannot wait. Obviously, I'm a little biased with that one. He's uh, I've been a huge fan since his K1 days. I honestly, to be honest with you guys, I used to watch K1 before I really started watching MMA. I loved kickboxing. I lo and then when I'm from K1, I kind of veered into pride. And this is in the early 2000s. So it, 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 I mean, I've been watching this stuff for almost 20 years. 
But it's still something that's interesting to see. I can't wait to see what he does uh, for the remainder of his career after that. Uh, honestly, uh, rest in the card, we have Jake Matthews fighting against Tony Martin. Should be entertaining fight. Tony Martin's coming off of a loss. Jake Matthews is 13-3. and three. Just because this is in his hometown, honestly, Tony Martin's skill set, I think he's heavy-handed. I think he is better at welterweight than he was at 155 pounds. I think Jake Matthews possibly has a little bit more tools in his tank. Tony Martin's a beast in all the ground, though. We forget about that. Even though he knocks people dead, he's a dude. He, he, he can choke you out. I believe he's a, um, I believe he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu as well. And he trains with some savages. But um, I'm going to go with Jake Matthews because it's in his backyard. All right. Last event of the weekend. Yo, thank you guys for holding on. I know there's been a lot of fights and a lot of breakdowns. Uh, but there's going to be some good stuff. Um, the Saturday card uh, for Bellator. It's going to be Bellator kickboxing and uh, MMA. It's an, a joint event, which I love. I love that Bellator does this. Um, it's going to be in Geneva, Italy. Man, that must be nice, right? So the main card is going to be in Geneva, Italy. I think this actually is going to be on the, um, this is going to be on the Paramount Network. The Friday card is going to be on the uh, zone. So we'll see how that ends up going. But the main uh, event is headlined by Alessio Sakara, the 185-pound champ against uh, Kent uh, Kerpentine. He's 10-4. and four, um, And look, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is probably going to be a mismatch. Uh, Alicia Sakara, you can fight up to 205 pounds. He's fighting at, um, oh, this is at hundred uh, this is, <laughs> yo, I don't know what Beltor is doing with this. So Kent, uh, Kerpentine has, has not fought over 170 pounds in his career, but for this fight, he's going to go ahead and fight against Alicia Sakara at 205 pounds. Interesting. I have Alicia Sakara going ahead and doing work on that fight. Oh, Hetsy Jurgis, um, nasty kickboxer, uh, is fighting Domingo Barros. Should be great. I have to go with Hetsy Jurgis in that fight. Um, that should be really entertaining. Who else? Any other big names on this card that um, anybody might know? Mm, nah. Um, but all in all, it should be a great event. Um, I will talk about some of the kickbox events a little bit more in the near future. But yo, all in all, this is going to be an incredible an incredible fight weekend, man. So many uh, big events, so many narratives to be had. There's so much that could happen this weekend, and the history of boxing is going to be determined this weekend. I cannot wait to see whoever wins this fight against um, Wilder and Fury. I can't wait to see the call out against the golden boy himself fighting out of great Britain heavyweight champion over there. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with him, Anthony Joshua. So that is 100% going to be the next fight for whomever wins that. So I can't wait to see. And whoever wins that, in my opinion is go should be considered the best heavyweight in the world. When it comes to all the MMA events, man, so many narratives, so many things to see what's going to happen. And I can't wait to break all those down for you and more um, this upcoming Sunday after the main events, man. So all in all, man, yo, 
Thank you guys for listening and joining me today on episode 56 of the Fight Podcast. Man, that's about all the time I have for today. We'll be back again this week. We have our prospect alert. I have an interview for you guys um, and so much more. This is Serge Vicente, and this is the Fight Podcast. We are brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch. Ask me for for merch direct message me um at serge vicente at the fight podcast we will get the merch out to you directly thank you guys once again this is episode 56 fight news and fight breakdowns of the week we will catch you next time peace out <laughs>